Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Hold on, Mary Jane! We are in sex before! One, two, three, four. your butts. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Hello, Parth. Let's begin the show. Hey, Trent. Um, how you doing? What have you been eating? Um, good. Nice to see you, by the way. You're looking well. Um, I just made some Trader Joe's uh, lakas in the toaster, and then I had um, I made a smoothie that didn't taste very good. But what'd you have? Um, just before starting this call, I had a leftover taco from Chipotle. Uh, you Really? I, at, I, at Chipotle, you go for the taco option? I generally go for a burrito, but... Yeah. Um, Sophia and I were feeling feisty and ordered tacos. What's the verdict on the Chipotle taco? Did I mean, they give I, you three I, of them, three of them? They gave me three. I I used to always get tacos because I like tacos a lot, mm-hmm. but I think um, burritos are generally just easier to manage, and you know, it's just it's me- it's less messy. I sort of feel like a burrito is like the adult version of a taco, but I've I've oscillated between the bowl and the burrito because the bowl is interesting because then you can eat it with the bag of chips, but then you have to buy the bag of chips or you can have chips at home. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Parth, Parth uh, did we or did we not like angrily talk about the Indiana Jones franchise for say 15 minutes right before starting this call? And could it, or, like could it or could it not affect how we treat each other over the next 45 minutes? Um, there's not no chance, yeah. is how I'll put it. Should we start the movie part of the movie show of our movie podcast? Yeah, I feel like we've talked about what we've eaten. You know, we can have a the beginning little of the segue. Show. Yeah, a little Sorry. a little opening jingle. intro that we should cue nice 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 cue the intro thanks gonna oh sorry that's my bad parth can i say something off the record Oh, sorry. That's my bad. That's my bad. That was just... Anyways. Was that Gollum? It was a mixture of Gollum and Jar Jar, I, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah, no, I heard the Jar Jar under... It was a little bit Lusa. like... Yeah, no, I heard Lusa it. Lusa You know? You're killing me, Parth. I, okay, let's do the show now. Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies. Each week we talk about a film, and hopefully have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on the picture. This week, or sorry, last week. Last week, 
Who do we have? Who on? did we have? Oh, wait, we have. Let's on... say. Let's say. Let's say it together on three in, in, u- in unison. Yeah, with the title three. and their name. Um, let let's just do the name because we, you know. Yep. Three, two, one. Bruce. Bruce Curtis. Curtis. And he was the production designer of the film, this week's yeah. film, uh, Apollo Ten and a Half, which you can find on Netflix, the streaming service. You may have it. Trent is editing this episode as he does uh, all to all most, most to all to the discussion episodes on the show. Um, so Trent, can you make us saying the name? Can you edit that to sound like we were more together than we were in reality? Through, through the magic of editing, perhaps. Um, the the fans by this point will be able to tell whether or not I did that. Bruce, Bruce Curtis. Curtis. Bruce Curtis. Bruce Curtis. So who's to say? Um, but Parth, uh, is Netflix going downhill fast? Um, there's definitely it's it's in a state of turmoil right now. <laughs> Isn't that shocking? If you asked me two years ago, I'd be like, Netflix is going to be uh, a dominant force for the rest of our lives. Um, it's not that shocking. It it seems to have a, a company trajectory of what happens to any company that ends up becoming too big um is it because they're raising the price or are they raising the price because they got too big and now people are turned off and leaving i mean i think it's a combination of a lot of things i think that raising the price doesn't help but it's also the problem is actually there's an interesting there's a book that i can't remember the name of but it's about the creation of dreamworks Mm. Um, and it reminds me a lot about that, which is the problem is Netflix's whole methodology of creating content was that they would give a whole lot of money to a whole lot of creators and just say, go do your thing. We won't give you notes. You'll be able to do what you want. It can be however long you want it to be. It can be however short you want it to be. Just make good stuff and it will be good. And the problem with that is that that made them big and that made a lot of really talented people come to them like and so scorsese. they become like well like martin scorsese like noah bomback like yeah. you know there's a there's a whole lot there's a whole crew of people that have come to netflix just so the netflix, problem, just so netflix can put the little n in the corner exactly but the yeah. problem is when that becomes a dominant f- force in production of film and tv you run into the thing of networks of well we do have to make money though we do have to like make this back in some way and so then they go okay well now we have to start giving notes and we have to start doing whatever blah 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 and so then you start to have netflix's whole um appeal in my eyes was that you don't have to deal with the stuff that you have to deal with studios and uh, networks but now because they've become such a big dominant force, now they do actually. They can't afford to just keep spending money on all these things. And so the problem is that is annoying to the people that are promised full creative control and no notes. And now they don't have full creative control and they're getting notes. And the other thing is streaming services pay less. And so you have that. You're getting the same notes and feedback that you get from a network, but you're getting paid less to get it. 
And now um, it's not even like necessarily shown in theaters unless you're nominated for an Oscar and you do the limited run, you know? Yeah, and, and then the other problem is that with their shows, the algorithm basically dictates that unless you're Stranger Things or, you know, uh, something else, you're getting canceled after two seasons. And that creates a problem because that's not good for shows. That's not good for, you know, production. And so I think that uh, creators being a little ticked off, um, the price is going up, and the fact that it's a big company and that like stock prices are flaky and will always go up or down, and it, uh, nothing, nothing is forever. Um, so it's not shocking to me, but I think it's a conglomerate of several things. Yeah, then I'm looking at the Netflix stock price right now, and it is very concerningly low. Um, yeah. It's a good time to buy, you know? Yeah, and I guess that brings about us to Apollo movie? 10.5, right? In a strange way, that segue was very natural, you know? Was that a segue? There's no segue. It's a non sequitur, but let's talk about the film now. Yeah. Um, Wait, well, we part. whose week is it to describe it, you know? I think maybe mine. We've had guests the last few days. You know what I mean? Parth? Um, Step up. Child. Wait. Man describes life in 60s and how and he goes to space. Him going to space being sort of an afterthought kind of speaks to the film a little bit. Yeah. Um, but Trent, give us the real synopsis. The real synopsis, as it reads, is a coming-of-age story set in the suburbs of Houston in the... I remember that. A coming-of-age story set in the suburbs of Houston, Texas in the summer of 1969 centered around the historic Apollo 11 moon landing. And the box office and the budget are both not assessed, according to our document. Um, no box office because it was straight to Netflix release. And no budget because it hasn't been out for that long. Uh, Parth uh, put it in, when I entered the document, it said that the budget was $23,000. And I was very confused, especially when he was like, wait, that is the budget. And well, because I assumed that it would be small, but even I was like, "Well, that's twenty three thousand. That's that's pretty small." But I also I thought like I don't know, maybe they like a bunch of the cast just did it as a favor. Um, well, I thought might, it, I was like, "Huh, like rotoscoping can't be that cheap." But also, you yeah. have to pay Jack Black probably more than twenty three thousand dollars. Yeah, but uh, that turned out that turned out to be the budget from Slacker. Yes, yeah, so. the first time I watched this movie, I um didn't realize that it was jack black's voice then really today, i did wow go you i'm proud but of you th- wow this movie is like voiceover a lot of it that it is as our kid mission for what we accidentally built the lunar module a little too small how'd that happen listen are you good at math yeah do you get a perfect 100 on every test no. Okay. We need a kid like you to test this accidentally smaller version on the lunar surface and soon. Stan, you're our only hope. 
Okay. Great. Let's forget about all this for now. We'll come back to this part later. First, let me tell you about life back then. Living in the Houston area in the late 60s, it was a great time and place to be a kid. But the world was changing, and so was how we saw ourselves in it. Right on. <laughs> Mom, is that one a hippie? Yeah, yeah, that's a hippie. How about that one? No, his hair's not long enough. But he's wearing bell bottoms. Okay, that's a hippie. I think I like hippies. Covert operation, that means it does not exist. No one can know about this. Not your parents, not your brothers, not your sisters. No one. T-minus 60 seconds of um, should I get into the production history? Sure. Um, this week, the production history and fun facts are pretty short uh, because there's not that much written about this movie. Not yet. Um, Give it time, guys. Yeah, no, there's going to be a lot of writing on Apollo 10 and a half. It's a modern classic. Um, so Richard Linklater originally got the idea for the film in 2004, and in February 2018, it was announced that he would direct the film from a screenplay that he wrote. Principal photography began February 2020 at Robert Rodriguez's Troublemaker Studios in Austin, Texas, and wrapped in March 2020. In July 2020, it was announced that Glenn Powell, Jack Black, Zachary Levi, Josh Wiggins, Milo Coy, Lee Eddy, Bill Wise, Natalie Lamoro, Jessica Bryn Cohen, Sam Chipman, and Danielle Gwilbot, sorry about that, I don't think that's right, sorry, had the joined Gwilbot the cast. Family. Yeah. It was also announced that Netflix was distributing the film. Richard Linklater said that he had originally planned to create the film in live action, but later decided to go with an animation style influenced by Saturday morning cartoons. Parth, would you rather have the live action version or Rotoscope? I think Rotoscope. Rotoscope. As we'll discuss later, when it comes to some things, just Rotoscoping anything kind of makes it more interesting. 1960s Houston, Texas home videos were used for research. Some were also included in the film. Linklater spent much of his time editing the film during COVID-19. Linklater also spent most of his time editing the film during the COVID-19 pandemic. Parts of the filming were done in front of a green screen and everything the characters did not interact with or touch was animated in post-production. You can hear more about that in our episode mm. from actually not last week two weeks ago because we took a break because um, parth our reasoning um well that's an uh, interesting question well we had an interview that was planned um and that would have gotten us the episode for the week you're hearing right now but that interview got moved and so we were tired and so we were like let's postpone so that we have time yeah us being i thought you were just gonna say we were tired because that was sort of my motivation if but yeah no, it, well they, you they, they you were tired and, and stuff. you you were tired and didn't want to record but i would have pushed for us to record had we had another interview in the back but we did not hmm. um 
and lastly, the technique used in this film for rotoscoping is similar to what Linklater used in his film Waking Life and A Scanner Darkly. I haven't Trent, seen Waking fun Life fact. to that 2001. Is it good? I have seen I have, A Scanner Darkly in class. I haven't seen Waking Life, but it interests me solely because there's a small... I think it's a collection of short... Like it's a... a Vignettes? A, anthology film. Oh, oh, um, cool. And one of the sequences is... With the characters from the Before Trilogy. Really? It's them in bed um, talking together. And Wait, that that's was crazy. Yeah. Is, and it is was it the canon? Only... No. Uh, oh. Well, because it, it wouldn't make sense, given what happens in Sunset so, and yeah, Midnight. Yeah, so it, it takes place in between one and two. Well, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't take place. But Anywhere, like, it I came guess. out in between. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Richard Linklater has said that that's a like a dream sequence or something, like in one of their one of their heads, I guess. So you want to hear the fun facts? Yeah, Trent. There's literally nothing else I would like to hear. Yeah, there's only two of them. Uh, Jack Black's mother, Judith Love Cohen, helped develop the abort guidance system, which ultimately helped get Apollo 13 back to Earth. Wow! Cool. What a personal connection. Um, the two NASA officials who run Stan's flight training are named Bostick and Kranz after NASA engineers. After NASA engineers, Jerry Bostick and Gene Kranz. Dope. Uh, let's move on to the one-star reviews, which this week are from letterbox.com. Because, because usually we do Amazon reviews on DVDs purchased, but there are no DVDs of this. And yet. this is not an Amazon film. Well, well there won't are... be DVDs, no. Do they not make Blu-rays of Netflix movies? Is not, that counterintuitive? Not usually. I mean, some get the ability to, but most don't. The only cases I can think where it's like, sometimes if they're a co-production with another studio or something then they end up getting blu-ray releases or if you're martin scorsese and you make the irishman you get a criterion collection blu-ray also let it be known that on letterbox you can give a half star and so some of these are one star and some of these are one half star well only one is a half star and i only put it in there because i thought it was funny okay um i'm, I'm ready to begin give us one this first one is by it's got a long name, um, but it's he very said, French. Sure, um, he's a picture of a person that also seems very French. So perhaps they're from France. Trent, Trent, try to say his name. This will be a good challenge. Uh, there are a lot of accent marks and a hyphen, but Etienne, Philian, Suave, or Suave. I think it'd but be Suave. He, um, but he says, "We get it, Dick," as in Richard Linklater. Um, you liked your childhood. Yeah. Because I mean, per apt given this movie it would be like if I told you like Parth, just make a movie about your childhood and you just like did it, you know? Yeah. This next one is by Gratitude One, and he says real boomer shit, which yeah, I, I would agree. Parth, what are we, Gen? We're Gen Z. Is that good? Do we have a reputation um, of being annoying? But um, 
And what new what are, generation doesn't? You what know? are children now called? I think it's undeterbent. Well, I, I, I think we've done the whole... I think All it's, the letters? Uh, we're doing alpha next. Are we in now? Wait, the internet's about to tell us. Hey, wait, it says... Wait, Gen A, I think the new one? But yeah, Gen Z goes up to 2012. Well, it's, it's generation alpha. Like, they're doing the Greek alphabet. So the next will be betas? Tough beat. Yes. Tough, mm, yeah. Tough beat. Um, cool. Well... We watched this movie. Well, we well, wait, Trent. You completely you've glossed over the best. Oh, <laughs> is this? Shall I say it? It has the least to do with the film, but sure. No, but I think that's great. Um, so this but is a half has, star review. It, it has the most likes though. Twelve. Yeah. Well, the first review has no likes. The second review has two likes, and this one has twelve likes. So you know, yeah. this is by Smithy Will, and they have a Will Smith yeah. smiling profile photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think this is the real Will Smith? Or in, in, uh, it in, very in well might be. Sure. No, I think this is the real guy. And it says, it reads, <laughs> Will Smith was on the moon. Um, and it's funny because the picture of him on a white background kind of looks kind of like looks he, like him on the moon. His, his face, yeah. yeah, blown up on the moon. Like Will Smith is the man on the moon. Yeah. Um, I was thinking while watching this movie, I was like, huh. If I had the opportunity to go to the moon, would I accept it? And I was like, first I was like, no. And then I watched a video of the Challenger explosion. And I was like, yeah, I don't want that to happen. And then the movie continued and they went to the moon. And only 12 people ever have gone to the moon. And I was like, maybe that would be really cool. And I don't think I'm going to get to go to the moon anytime soon. But if I had the opportunity, I think it would be wrong to say no. The thing is, I would take the opportunity because I think at this point with the way technology has evolved, there's way less of a shot that, like, someone dies. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing is that, like, astronauts are, like, the craziest rocks, like, they rock stars. Like, they have to be yes, super yeah, it, smart. You're the, you're and, the 1% like, of the 1%. Fit. Yes. Which be, is like a, a hard combination, you know? Yeah. Like, you have to be, and you have to, like, be cool. Because, like, you have to go and do, like, gonna media put you on, appearances. Because they're going to put you on TV. And are you're saying we're not big enough, strong enough, cool enough, or smart enough to go to the moon? Um, I'll tell you what we are. We're two men hosting a podcast also, about film. Also, now that there's all the press, like, when Jeff Bezos goes to space, it's, like, not cool. Because it's, like, waste of money, waste of resources. Yeah. And to get to the moon in the first place, to do it once, is really dope. But now, after the fact, I kind of understand if people were like, we did that already, now it's just a waste. Like, I think, like, the next thing that would be cool would be Mars, but, like... to send someone to Mars, because we only have the Mars rover. But the Mars rover, like, seems like a pretty cool guy. Like, you could grab a beer with the Mars rover. Yeah, no, no, definitely, bro. Um, I I mean, I think I... When I was a kid, I like, my life's ambition was to be an astronaut. Well, I went to the Kennedy Space Center when I was three, and I loved it. Uh-huh. And I became obsessed with space movies and space documentaries. And uh, there's a documentary called Failure is Not an Option. Um, it's pretty awesome. Just, you guys should watch it. But um, Do you think you'll I be think able that... to fill out, like, to live out those dreams? Um, no. Um. We'll see if climate change doesn't take us all. 
Yeah, I thought you were going to say that with climate change, there, like, as in what, you think we're going to go... I think a effort to go to another planet is, like, idiotic. Because we should just, like, try to save this while we got it. Trent so that fucking we don't, hates Interstellar. So that we don't have to make an escape plan. Well, no, I mean, like, the smartest and cheapest decision is to invest in planet saving well not really saving the planet but us saving technologies like cheaper energy and clean energy and that whole stuff and that is the best option but we're one not gonna I, do it one what i found major reassurance in though what's that like even if our generation like sees the downfall of humanity like i'm like oh you know how when you think about like mass extinctions you're like all the giraffes and the polar bears are gonna be dead and then, like, after they're dead, and then it's, like, going to be humans. And then after we're dead, you just think, like, nothing, because we're not there anymore. But, like, there have been mass extinctions before. And so, just, like, our time, like, you know, a million years after we're gone, just, like, the next thing is going to evolve, and they're going to be, like, m- like rats, and they're going to, like, turn into, like, humans or something. Well, not that exactly, but just, like, rats, who or whoever survives, is going to turn into the next thing, and life will go on. Well, I mean, that's the thing, is that everybody says we need to save the planet, but the thing is the planet will be fine until about, like, billions of years in the future when the sun explodes. Like, humans are just going to die. Yes, and that's what everyone has their panties in a knot over. But there's going to be super rats after who feed on all of us, and they're going to get really buff, and they're going to come above ground. At least we have the super rats to look forward to, you know? (laughs) And we won't be around to know anything about it yeah part this but we have a movie don't we yeah i was just about to get into how this movie talks about aliens and i was gonna be like thoughts on extra terrestrial life but um, well i mean like like i feel like uh, any opinion other than of course there's extraterrestrial life is like stupid do you you think it's made they've made contact i don't think it's impossible so do you think that every piece of space you know sightings is bullshit or that all or that all or some of them are real and they just keep like slipping through our fingers i mean i I don't i think that like looking at it through an absolutist like i don't think all are true or all are not true no i'm not i'm not saying that but i'm saying if five percent of them are true and then they keep coming and we don't get concrete evidence but we just get a little a little a little taste you know i I would say that's convenient at at best one percent of like the things are true i i don't i think that like we probably haven't had much but i i don't think i mean just on the i feel like knowing how big the universe is i feel like it's ridiculous to think that there isn't some form of extraterrestrial life it's just difficult to like think of like would it even be something that we could like comprehend because like we only exist because of the way our earth has evolved and mm-hmm. the, the we only exist because our circumstances allow us to exist this way so like other planets with other solar systems and other minerals and vitamins and whatever the fuck they could they could be like so different from us but that's still life you know what i mean like they they may not be able to like communicate or maybe they communicate not in the same way as us 
Yeah, I don't think that they're going to come down and then we're going to be able to have a conversation. But I do believe is that like they have advanced millions of years ahead of us or like they evolved so much sooner. And so they've had so much more time to become smart and like technologically advanced. And so that they just come and they look at us for like a few hours every once in a while, just like study us like we're in a zoo and then they leave really quick. And like that part is legit. I mean, the other crazy cool thing about it is that let's say we have made contact with aliens. By the way, this discussion is going pretty well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 not the direction I expected. Um, but like, let's say we have made contact with aliens, right? Because of the way gravity works, right? I, w- wait, you've seen Interstellar. We did a whole episode on it. Um, yeah. You know, you I, know how I, it's. I had to you know how we did it for the show. You know how in that movie, because of the way the distortion of time works because of gravity, when they've been getting pings from the water planet for like seven years. Yeah. But on the water planet, they've only been sending pings for like two hours. Yeah. Like, what if that's our way of, that's the way we end up communicating with aliens is that we are moving at a much slower rate than them. And so they've been trying to like send us stuff they're, they're sending stuff so like a lot. Oh, you know what I'm trying to say? Yes, we're receiving it very, very slowly. Spur- we're very sporadically, which is why because every the thing, fifty years, we're like, there's this thing that happened. But exactly. Their time, they're doing it every fifteen minutes. Exactly. And the thing is, you lost uh, me, but then you found me. You know, like I, I just think that that's interesting, and because like we only know what we only know what we know, which is our solar system and the existence of ones near us, but we have no idea what's in them, um, like well, life wise. Something that the movie said is it's like, we know that there are a bunch of other galaxies. We know that, like, the elements and the, like, and, and, like, we know that it has all the same building blocks. And so it would be stupid to think that this thing that happened here wouldn't also happen elsewhere. Well, probability-wise, because of how infinite the universe is and that it's constantly expanding, it would be stupid to think that life in some way does not exist. And that the prob like... These the elements that exist here that they wouldn't also in some way in some close form also exist in some other, you know what I mean? I, I do. Um, I think the hard part is them getting from their galaxy to our galaxy because us leaving our galaxy seems pretty difficult and we're pretty smart. But also the rat people could be super advanced. What if yeah. what if what if you're right? What if it's rat people in another like, universe? I mean, like that's a joke, but it's also like informed, being that like rats or bottom feeders like they're gonna live underground and survive whatever we do and they acclimate well the conditions and then they're gonna survive and eat us and turn into super rats do, do you think we will in our lifetime definitively know whether the u.s government has had contact with aliens or some like extraterrestrial you, life form you don't feel you don't feel rest assured that in the thick of covid they released uh, like a few uh like air force clips of things moving across the screen really fast and said like, oh the things well, the things the things they uh released when the u.s government or the administration was in a period where they were in trouble so imagine being at the board meeting where they were like Guys, let, let's take one for the team and suggest that aliens are real. And it'll draw I mean, some it's, press it's, away. It, it'll draw it, some yeah, press exactly. away from the COVID thing for like two weeks. Yeah, they're exactly. like this, They were like us at the beginning of COVID. They're like, this thing's just going to blow over over spring break. 
Like, we'll be back for the rest of the semester. I mean, given the administration that was in place at the time, I would not be shocked. Should we play (coughs) a clip here of the song, Fuck Donald Trump? Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah. Oh. Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, nigga, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, nigga, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah. I like white folks, but I don't like you. All the niggas in the hood wanna fight you. Surprise, El Chapo ain't tried to snap you. Surprise, the nation of Islam ain't tried to find you. Fun fact, um, when... Shook his, you shook his hand on the set of I Home did. Alone 2? I did. Um, Him being in Home Alone 2, like, really fucking taints that movie. On one hand, yes, because he's a horrible monster. Yeah. But on the other hand, the problem with Trump is that he's really fucking funny. Like, his existence. And him being the president of the United States, the leader of the f- free world... world Parts like, doing quotes. Uh, like, but also being in Home Alone 2 is perfect. Like, that's great. Excuse me, where's the lobby? Down the hall and to the left. Thanks. The Donald is here, live on Monday Night Raw. Hey, look at this! So let me just share a moment that I experienced. Um, while growing up, Donald Trump was the host of a show called The Celebrity Apprentice. Um, well, first it was The Apprentice. Um, and also, him being like an icon for like doing nothing, for just being like a rich guy in New York City. Um, yeah. And putting himself on a show where he fires people. So obviously, we, me and my family would watch it when, we were like, when I was like eight or whatever. And one night we're watching it because we would watch it every week. And in the middle of Donald Trump talking, the screen like wipes and it's like there's a national emergency. And then it cut every channel cut to Barack Obama saying that Osama bin Laden had been. Killed. I was just going to say that's what it was, wasn't it? <laughs> and just like Do you think hind- that's when he that's when he was like, I'm going to become he- the president now. No, I, that's what I'm saying. Like in hindsight, just like Donald Trump and president. And all of those things being wrapped in one was, like, like very foreshadowy. Good evening. Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world. The United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden, the leader of al-Qaeda. Uh, the fun fact I was going to give was that when Joe Biden was officially elected, president in like november of 2020 um sophia and her mom came to pick me up as we drove around bridgewater playing fuck donald trump loudly and proudly past my past the guy with several trump signs on on and parth where were you during the kennedy assassination (laughs) 
Oh, wow. I did not think that's where it was going. Um, it's because I forgot my train of thought, and then you were just well, that's looking awesome. at me. Um, uh, is this a good time to start talking about the movie? Uh, let's try. Well, well you want to you you, try? You want to try? No, I'll no, I'll try. I'll try. Okay, let's so, do it. Uh, if you can't tell, this this conversation has been a little wayward. Um, do you, do you not really about the movie? Um, not yet. And it's because I would say Trent and I are in agreement on this movie. I maybe I'm a little bit less harsh on it than Trent. Um, but there's not that much to say about this movie. Um, I think. It's, I mean, like, half of the movie is just narration of life in the 60s, and the other half is, like, rotoscoped stuff of Neil Armstrong going on the moon, and then rotoscoped stuff of our main character being on the moon. uh Um, It's all all rotoscoped. I will say I really like the rotoscoping of like old events and old like news footage and like TV shows that are like established stuff. And that goes yeah. in what I was saying about everything that you rotoscope just being inherently like 10% more interesting. But I will say that you can't just make a rotoscope movie of whatever you want and it be good. But standard like dark face. I, I do. It was weird because I registered it in my brain, but I was like, the audience, <laughs> the audience obviously can't see this, and I'm in the middle of talking seriously about the film, so no way this is meant for me. <laughs> no, um, it's not for you. Okay, um, I just made a funny face, guys, just in case you didn't know. Um, but I, I will say, I. Well, here's what I'll say. For the interview, I watched like X percentage of the movie, and in my brain, I was like, I, I think I only got like fifty percent the way through because. I just, like, clocked so few things as occurring. And then I watched it again today, and there were, like, 15 minutes left, and I recognized what was on the screen, and I was like, oh, wait, I watched the whole movie. But just, like, the the lack of a three-act structure prevented my brain from making key points throughout, and so I only clocked things that happened in the first half. I, I watched this movie with friend of the show, Sophia Alexis, and she made the point that this movie is almost like a movie that they would show in school as like, oh, we're we're doing the Apollo unit. We're doing the life in the 60s unit. Let's show this movie. And they play it over like three days before a break, like like spring break or whatever. Yeah, and like, I yeah. feel like I, I can see that. Like, I, I feel like if I was a kid... I would maybe like this movie. I mean, like, I don't dislike this movie. I think so it's fine. The, here, I I didn't hate here, myself watching it. It's just me either, it's me either. it's interesting, which is weird because like not that much happens. There's not. I don't. Uh, here, here's another weird thing. It's listed in the children and family movies category. It's also rated PG thirteen. I don't know why. Is there like harsh language? Like, I think that's why, maybe sexual themes. What um, sexual themes? Oh, just like, it, just like promiscuity. Girls in bikinis? But I feel like... I don't know. But I was like, this is definitely like, could be a kid's movie. But it's B13. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit like The Matrix being rated R. I don't, I don't really know why it's rated R. So, do you know how this whole movie was like... And then we'd play baseball. 
And the trick with playing baseball is here's this really specific thing. And then we'd go get snow cones. And here's a detail about how we get the snow cones. And here's the methodology of how we'd get the money to pay for the snow cones. And when I hit a ba- when I hit a single in baseball, I really called it this. And here's all the vocabulary. And here's all the shows that were popular during the time and board games, you know? Yeah. So in like Dazed and Confused, where you like have a story and you're moving it along and you have a character and in the middle of conversation they tell you about something very specific and they're like here's this trick to how i play this pinball game and in your human brain you're like i can apply that to my life like that reminds me of my life like that i like like i like the specificity um but in this just like overflow of that like this is all that you know yeah I mean, I guess that's, like, my one, like, thing with the movie is that it's, it's like, split into two, where, like, the first half is all explanation, and like, the second you would half... Like, you would think the first note that one would be given was just cross-cut more I, I, between I, I think that... I feel like the thing is they also set up interesting scenes for the scenes that have voiceover in them, and I would like to see those scenes play out without the voiceover and it becomes just a little like monotonous to keep hearing jack black's voice because it he's not like talking differently it's generally the same like cadence and like intensity and but so to, it, it, well, to anyone who hasn't seen the movie it's like you know in ev- in every like high school movie where there's like the 10 minute sequence where like they first get to high school and they're like this is where everyone sits and the punks are over here exposition dump but it's the whole but it's the whole first half is that it's like like i i clocked it when it started focusing on space and it was like the two-thirds mark yeah and, and it's funny start- because i think it has i think it has a funny premise at the beginning where they go mm-hmm. we made our capsule a little too small so you're gonna go to space and uh, like i wish that it, that was int- like the process of him training to go to space like what you said was just cross cut more with this like specific facts about the 60s because but it's like a bizarre choice to have all like the first half of the movie is a flashback when so when at the end you're watching the Apollo 11 mission and you're seeing like Neil Armstrong but then you're thinking about like, oh, how he did this first, and that affects how he's reacting now. And I kept waiting for the astronauts to like see his footprints on the moon, and for like that to link up and to be like, okay, this isn't like not that I thought it was like his dream or anything, but I was like, let's connect the history and this story. Like, let's do the no. once upon a t- in Hollywood thing where you have the established history and now you're pivoting it and you're having your fictional characters interact with that. And I felt like it should, like that was a missed opportunity, like for the astronauts to see his footprints and be like, what the hell? Yeah. uh, You'll get no argument from me. Um, I, I, I just, I don't, we said this before we did this call like a week ago or something where we were like, this is going to be a more chilled out discussion because there's not that much to discuss. Um, because I feel like the movie is exactly what it's trying to be. 
Um, I just don't know that what it's trying to be is something that I would want to watch. Like I'm more sure more than a, like once. I'm sure that Richard Linklater is fucking psyched with how this came out because it's just like I mean it's, it's visually you, great. Like it, it looks cool, but also it's just like you're like write what you know, but like you shouldn't like it's like I kind of like don't. Like, it would be weird for, like, any director to do, like, an autobiography, like, narrative film about themselves as a child. I know that in more ways than one, like, that people make movies about their childhood. But this is pretty, like, on the nose. And a little, like, you're almost become biased at a certain point. Because you're like, everything I like is awesome. Because everyone thinks that everything that they like is awesome. Because they like it. But you can't just, like, show us all the stuff you like. And be like, here's a PowerPoint presentation. Of my child. That's the thing is that it, it's a PowerPoint presentation. It's not like you can do all the things you. I mean, that's what to a certain extent, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is for Tarantino is just like this era that he lived in that he loves very deeply from his childhood, and now he gets to recreate it and show it. But it's done in the service. It's, of I think it's something. done in a way. It's done in a way of breaking new ground. Where this, it's fun to watch two thousand one A Space Odyssey animated on screen. But I'm like, it's weird that this movie is just showing us, like, several 30-second clips of other yeah. movies and TV show. And, like, do you know, in the part where he's like, oh, and there are all these great popular TV shows. And then he's like, and then there are the TV shows that got canceled after one season. But I still remember them. And here are the synopses for three different shows you've never heard of and you'll never hear of again. And they're all kind of about space or monsters, so they're loosely connected enough to talk about yeah um it's uh, you saying it's a it's like a powerpoint presentation is really unlocking something in my mind because that's really what this is like like other than the bits where he's on the moon which are like the few scenes where it's like new stuff other than that it's literally all just jack black talking as or richard linklater through Jack Black's voice, just talking about what life was like. Information that he could have put in a PowerPoint. Do you know, like, in class, when we're, like, going around and, like, everyone's talking about what movies they've been watching, per se, and you, you, someone starts talking and they're like, oh, yeah, I watched this, uh, new horror movie and uh, and they say the name and you've never heard of it and it's obscure and you're never going to talk about it again and then for the remainder of them talking about it even though like you don't know what this thing is and so you have no reason to judge it you're just like i've never heard of it and so i don't fucking care about you you talking about it for the next paragraph um because that information is going in one ear and out the next like kind of like that well, Trent, do you think it's time to enter the ratings gauntlet? Is it? Wait, we haven't talked about... We, we, I mean, we've kind of leaped over... The, also, can you hear the ice cream truck in the background? Yeah. yeah. I can't anymore, though. Cool. Um, we kind of skipped over the what's working, what's not working part of the show. I mean, we kind of said it. I Like, what's working is the visuals. Like, I think yes. it looks nice. And I think that... Richard Linklater has a way with words like even though it's mostly Jack Black talking I found it I found it relatively engaging Mm -hmm. um for what it was 
I think that what's not working is that it just should have been more spliced together or like intercut more frequently. Instead, it kind of feels like a 45 minute exposition dump and then 45 minutes of an expedition exposition dump mixed in with um, the main, the A story the actual, that like, you like, knew was going to yeah. happen. I yeah. kind of just think that they're like, like, you know, most space movies, you're like, are they going to crash? Is, is everyone going to be okay? Like, there are just like no stakes, partly because he's telling. Well, all- I mean, like, that's not, that's not really a flaw for me because I don't, I didn't go into this. Mo- I don't think that it needs to have the stakes of, is he going to die? Because I don't think that was ever something that was going to happen. No, but you're just like, is the mission going to be successful? He's here. Yes. I guess. It's I mean, like, but like, it's 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 kind of like a different type of movie. I mean, I don't think that it's a flaw yeah. that we know that it went okay. I mean, experiencing it with him is kind of the point. I think the problem is that we don't experience it with him enough. Yes, but it's, it's just like any movie where it's like an old man in bed and he's like, I'm going to explain to you how this crazy thing happened. And you're like, that's dope. I'm sure we're gonna go on an adventure, but like, the old man's gonna be fine. Uh, I I never love that complaint with movies because I mean, like, it gets brought up with like Marvel movies a lot. Of like, we know there's no stakes and therefore no tension because we know they're not gonna die because also, they're signed up like for six other movies. Marvel but did a good to- job of sidestepping that by like killing a lot of people. Well, but the thing is, like, I don't think that that's a valid problem with a movie because the thing is, like, it, it, to me, that it comes down to two points. One is nobody goes into a movie like Spider-Man expecting Spider-Man to die. We yeah, all sure. pretty much go into or the Batman and we think maybe he's going to die in this. We don't think that we don't expect because that. He- and, I agree and with you so, that we've never seen a Batman movie where Batman died, so like why would he suddenly Well you can make a case you can make a case for the Dark Knight Rises. But but I, but my point being, there there are movies where you don't have the you that's not an expectation of the movie. And my second point is if the only stakes that exist are is this person going to die, then what's the point in rewatching a movie? You don't go into Fair. Indiana Jones and go, I mean, like, with this new one, it's he's old, so maybe ju- he will gonna, die. I was just but gonna like, say, Parth, like, maybe he's gonna die. Like, Harrison like maybe Ford he is, will. But, Harrison but like, you like, don't... Get me, the f- get me the fuck out of Star Wars. Please stab me in Force Awakens. But I, I don't watch, like, the airplane fight in Raiders and go, this doesn't matter to me because I know he makes it. The thing is, like, movies are meant to... They should realistically be able to last forever you should be able to watch it and st- i mean i watch i wa- i recently showed mission impossible fallout to friend off the show sarah brotman and friend of the show jackson clark i recently showed it to them and i've seen that movie more times than i can count and i still get tense at it because of the way that it's shot the way that it's written you know all that so i never love the there's no stakes because we know this person is going to be fine because that shouldn't matter that's just information what should matter is how is the story told how are they presenting it and is that interesting and if the answer is yes then i don't care and the answer is no i'll watch a different thing 
but that's my that's my perspective nice you want to enter the ratings gauntlet now i do yeah wait is wait shit is it is the atomic is it is it happening parth so since i'm watching indiana jones the kingdom of the crystal skull like when he goes like into that town like what happens you know Everyone from the preceding scene, like, don't nuclear bombs, like, blow up, like, a whole city or, like, more? Yeah, I mean, they can blow up a whole town. They can, they're huge. Well, also, beyond that, there's radiation involved. Yeah, I think the entire cast of characters um, would be either exploded into dust. Because they, like, they go into, you, like, they go into the vehicle thing and it sends them far away. But, like, that bomb is really big. And I think that every person involved is going to be dead. Yeah. Or I've heard someone say that him surviving the blast is fine. But he would be dead of radiation poisoning very shortly. Well, yeah. I, I mean, like, I don't think he would survive that blast. And I also don't think that he would survive the radiation. But to both, I don't really in, care. In watching... Because if he, like, I mean, you have to have the refrigerator flying through the air because it's awesome. Well, I don't know if it's awesome, but, like, it would I mean, be- again, I don't, I love the shot where he gets out of the refrigerator and he sees the explosion. I yeah, think it's no, a cool shot. It is a, it is a cool shot. But as you see the fridge flying through the air, I was like, wow, if these other two things didn't kill him, like, this fall. Yeah. The tumble yeah. should. Yeah. You would think. Um, All right. Well, let's as- enter the ratings gauntlet. Yeah, no, wait, we, should we scream? Ah! Ah! My skin! My skin! It's burning! Please! Please! My skin's fine. My skin's fine. Really? Yeah. Did the blast hit you? No, it hit me. I'm fine, though. Um, SPF. I have, I I have this, no, I have this thing called melanin in my skin. Really? My brownness finally saved me. You know? Wow! If nuclear bombs only affected white people, like that'd be awesome. No, that, that would be, be awesome. That would be beneficial to like you know. Democracy. We would hold all the power in the world. I, I I think we might all be in better hands. Yeah. No, I would feel better knowing that the government of Saudi Arabia was in charge of nuclear weapons. You know. The Anyways, richest, the richest nation in the world. Yeah, Saudi Arabia, the richest nation in the world. Wait, that's true. I mean, it's the U.S. But, like, aren't they considered richer than us? No. I mean, like, we're in more debt. But, I mean, I mean, it depends how you define richest. But there's no way in which Saudi Arabia is more rich than the United States of America. We're about to find out. I mean, it might be, like... It's China. On... Sure. China... China is is their net worth is uh 113 trillion dollars then it's us at 50 trillion then Germany and then France. Well, but net worth is 
uh, it's a whole complicated thing. it's also all fake because we're in so many trillion dollars of debt to other people well yeah i mean also china is only that's their net worth only because all these other countries have outsourced their production to china because they're cheap so it's not if those countries were to pull out the net worth of china would drastically decrease hmm. anyways shall we finally enter the red tings ratings gauntlet yeah uh time has really slipped away from us now that we've been recording for an hour but let's rate the film um should i go first you go first what are we doing you 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 parth uh, yeah you go for it we've talked about um, the netflix stock we've covered a lot of ground today um rewatchability i don't think this is very rewatchable i don't see myself rewatching this unless i have a child and i'm like yeah maybe sure um what's the other one rewatchability recommend recommend um if you're interested in like either a richard linklater movie or in the 60s i think i would like sophia recommended this to her mom who grew up in the 60s and in that to that category of person i would because that was your life you know um rating i think like a 5.5 maybe six is fair yeah, I, I can't disagree with anything you said, and at the fear of um, repeating it, I'm just gonna say, gonna give this like a like a like a yeah, like I was gonna say a five just to be right down the middle, but I I'll say a five point five in the way of leaning towards positivity, yeah, because it's perfectly watchable, and I watched it today, and um, dare I say I smoked a little weed before, and it made it what. Like, yeah, yeah. No, since we're an hour in, uh, to anyone still you know, listening, Trent, Trent knows his mom's not listening. No, no. Like she might have listened to the intro, just to get a little taste. But by this point, only the real G's are sticking around, and um, it was pretty visually stimulating. Nice. Um, and I was engaged, and I can't say that about all things, but I like I have a soft spot for Richard Linklater, and he's pretty good at writing words most of the time. Yeah. Well. We still can't say what's coming on next week because as of right now, it's not 100% confirmed. But but it's really cool and we if, should listen to it like, when it comes we out. Have, we have a lot of like really cool stuff like supposedly lined up. Yeah, we have, we have a lot of new releases that hopefully get covered, right? Yeah, a lot of our like our shows always all over the place in terms of what we're covering, but I've been I scrolled through our recent episodes and it's a lot of 2022s and 2021s. Like what's gotten into us? Yeah. Yeah, we're we've gone insane. But um you should go insane on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Amazon Music, give us good reviews, you know? I I think if you're hearing this and you don't go to Spotify and give us a five star or Apple Podcasts and give us a five star or your whatever preferred um streaming platform and give us a positive review like that'd be kind of fucked up i would agree um yeah uh go follow us on instagram or twitter um, at, at, at craft services podcast yeah and so. um yeah i think that's it thanks for listening to our ramblings because this was i think our most 
most not on topic yeah but and it's the first time we got like political in any real way uh we've talked we've said anti-trump yeah yeah, anti-vaxxer things you know sure sure we've said so many words over the years but at this point i'm sure a lot of them are lost in time but if you want to hear what i was up to in the thick of covid go check out our john wick 2 episode with yeah. uh, rich with tra- trailer composer Richie Cohan, that was a so I was a solo interview that was just part, so I wasn't there, but sounds great. Yeah, no, go check that out. One of our better ones. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, Parth. Yeah. All right. That's it.